Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con from now to forever. I am Ryan, to my right is, and to my farther right is, uh, James. It's uh, it's really interesting. I, I'm sitting in my, like, I call it my gaming chair, because I play my video games in this chair. <laughs> I've never sat here for the podcast. Yeah. I, f- I feel really weird. It seems leisurely. I, I was going to get up, but my dog Reggie is asleep on me, so. Aww. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to disturb him. Yeah, he's adorable. You but what I did do is I took my tweaked audio earbuds and I put them in his ear so he can listen to the calming sounds of squirrels in the trees. Of course, because tweaked audio earbuds are the best way to hear anything. Log on to tweakedaudio.com when you pick out any earbud you'd like in the checkout column coupon. Type in real nerds, one word, R-E-E-L-N-E-R-D-S. You'll get a third off your whole order. Make sure you do that. It's lots of fun. And if you're wondering what these clowns sitting here on these sofas are doing, every week we go see a movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw, me and James saw two movies. Brad saw one. Right, Brad? That's how I roll. <laughs> uh, me and James saw <laughs> the spectacular. 50%. <laughs> 50% all the time. That's an F. <laughs> <laughs> For fantastic. That's right. Uh, me and James saw the spectacular now. And all three of us, uh, I declare war. Yeah. So stay tuned to the end of the episode. It was a very indie movie. Or in a very indie week. Indie week. You know? yeah. It was yeah. an indie week. It's fun. Um, stay tuned till the end of the episode to hear reviews on both movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll let you know what we think. We also do some comic book stuff, movie news, what's coming out, stuff we've been watching, fan mail. We have a couple tweets this week. Um, yeah. Just a lot of things to, to get touch base on. Um, and now normally I start with fan news, but I really wanted to call out James on this because... Whoa. He posted something on Facebook that I don't get what he's so mad about. Um, he posted that he canceled his order for Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. Because Amazon does not have the special features, correct? Uh, no, that's not why. If, no. It's far more complicated than that. Not really. Um, you can go to Best Buy and get all the special features. No, you can't. Target. No, no, no. That's, nope. the, that's the thing. So they, this is not, this is really uh, real news, but whatever. Um, the deal is, you can't, if, if I could just go to Best Buy and buy the Blu-ray that I want, fine i got no problem with that i will do that i will pay five dollars extra for that but i can't the the special features are divided up so if you want the commentary by jj abrams it's a best buy if you want the uh the commentary by the cast and crew it's somewhere else if you want the extra bonus featurettes it's on itunes you can't get all of them at once they're in different places because you know having retailer exclusives is not new and 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 something I'm 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 okay with I, you know I, I think it's a little bit silly but fine you know especially when it's stuff like uh, cool variant covers and stuff like mm-hmm. that I'm you know I'm down with that you know if there were a cover the, yeah, then I get d- to shape what my Blu-ray package looks like, like yeah different retailer thing but as far as like actual content yeah that's so yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, what this means is I can't get the Blu-ray that I want for thirty or for twenty-five or thirty dollars. I can't. Period. Is that what that article said? Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Like that's why people are mad. I mean, nobody's going to cancel I their. I thought that the article said that the normal one is seven featurettes. If you go to Target, you get the commentary by J.J. Abrams plus the seven featurettes. Nope. Oh well, yes, that's true. But there are other things. So it's the commentary by J.J. Abrams and the Seven Featurettes at mm-hmm. Best Buy. At iTunes or whatever, it's the commentary by the cast and crew and the Seven Featurettes. At uh, like Target, it's extra featurettes and those Seven Featurettes. So the extra features, the things that honestly are probably the things I want, 
uh, and I want all of them. Things that are usually are standard yeah. on most special edition DVDs. Like, like look at a Disney DVD. It's loaded with all kinds of features and commentaries all in one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and about the most, as expensive as they are ever is like 34 bucks, which, you know, if it costs more to get extra stuff, that's fine. Like, remember when they did just DVDs, like full screen, widescreen? Yeah. And they do like a collector's edition. And like those other two would just be bare bones movie only. Mm-hmm. And then the collectors would pay like five bucks extra to get all those features. Now you have to like buy a bunch of different editions to get all those features. Yeah. That's what's really dumb. If it were as, if it were just like the From war horse thing, even. if it were just like the war horse thing where they're like, oh, we're going to sell the special features as an additional disc. Okay. You know, I don't like it, but fine. But this really means I cannot buy the Blu-ray I want, period. Unless I want to buy it in four different places. One of which is iTunes, which I don't see how that's any better than Amazon. You know, that's not a retailer incentive. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, this is downright shitty. And, and I, I am serious when I say I won't own Star Trek Into Darkness unless I see it at seven, for $7 at, at Walmart. I just won't. <laughs> I will torrent this shit if I want to watch it again. Straight up. Because this is the reason why people pirate shit. Because if I can't, I mean... You think people pirate stuff for special features? No, they, no, no. They pirate stuff because they can't get what they want in the manner they want it. Uh, Kevin Spacey said it this week um, because he he feels like um, uh, their show that they did on Am- on Netflix really sort of proved that uh, House of Cards sort of helped prove that that you know people won't pirate stuff if you give it to them the way that they want it, where they want it, how they want it. If you cater to your customers, people will pay for stuff. It's the truth, you know. I mean, there's still going to be, like, poor students and kids and stuff like that that they're going to steal stuff because they don't have money. But the majority of people have enough money to spend it on the things that they care about. Um, and, and they're not going to go through the, the, you know, all the hoops to try and pirate stuff if there is an easy way for them to get it legitimately and pay for it. And there's a huge fan base for Star Trek. Yeah. You know? It's like Star Trek fans are used to paying a lot of money for exclusive, yeah. rare, like... Well, and I think that's actually why this is worse, because if they did that to, you know, uh, if they did that to a movie like Mud, okay, because I just bought the the Blu-ray for Mud, so that's why it's in my head. Um, If they did that to a movie like Mud, then you're like, oh, okay, well, that's a shitty thing you did, but okay, whatever. Um, But here, you're talking about a Blu-ray for a fan base that will go out and buy multiple Blu-rays for this stuff. They do that kind of crazy shit. You know, I've bought Serenity... Six times, I think, um, on DVD and Blu-ray for various reasons because they've done re-releases of it and stuff like that. Um, because I care but, about that. I, I'm not trying to instigate here, but isn't it the same thing that you're doing with The Hobbit, though? Because um, they, you knew they were going to release a standard one with not the stuff you want, mm-hmm. and you bought it anyways, and now they're going to release an extended edition with all the stuff you want. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a slightly different case because of what... I mean, that, that movie has set a precedence of doing that, and they are, they're adding a lot more. Than, you know, what I got that first time was a normal Blu-ray with the normal stuff that's on most Blu-rays. Um, and then it's really just that there is this extended cut. I mean, Lord of the Rings, I, f- I feel like, is just a little bit different. Um, I, I don't know. I give it a... Because they do that extended cut thing where they're adding the stuff back into the movie and all of that, it just feels a little bit different. Um, and I will say, I think it was a little bit shitty that they hadn't officially announced that they were making an extended, but when they released the Blu-ray, you know. But there are plenty of people who, you know, if I had wanted to, I could have waited knowing they were going to do that and bought that one. In this case, they haven't said like, oh yeah, and down the road we'll give you a good Blu-ray. Theoretically, I'm never going to get the right Blu-ray of this movie. 
you know? Um, and I don't want to support them. Do- I mean, that's the big part of this is I don't want to support them doing this to their customers and mm-hmm. to the fans of this, of, of this uh, franchise, you know? Um, do you think part of their reasoning was like, you know, uh, Star Trek fans are so rabid for this stuff. Do you think we could trick them into buying, going to a bunch of different stores and buying all the featurettes? And then instead of spending 20 bucks on a DVD, they're basically paying like 60 to $80 on DVDs. I think that they, I think that that is absolutely a thing that will happen. Um, or at least I, I certainly think that somebody said that. But don't you think it could backfire too? Because my guess is Star Trek fans are like us and we're on the internet all yeah. the time. So they're, they're smart with it now, I would think. Yeah, they're, um, they're yeah like no, no. I think that the fans are. And I think that's what's happening. I, th- I think that, that most people are just going to do what I'm doing and either not buy it or buy one copy and say like, no, fuck you guys. This is bullshit. Um, but I, I do think that at a certain level, they, they thought that. That they thought like, oh, okay, well, we'll divide this up, we'll make it exclusive, and you know, and we'll get an we'll get an extra two percent of Blu-rays sold because we're not talking about a huge number of of people who would do this. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a, a very small number of people who would say like, oh, I bought this once, but I really want even if it were two features. But do you also think too that maybe they're putting it in stores exclusively so people will go out to the stores and support the stores and not just yes. Amazon? Um, yeah, no, that's absolutely. Um, that's absolutely the the reason for this whole thing. Like that's, it, it's a it's a brick and mortar uh, retail incentive. Um, that's why they've been doing these things to begin with. You know, like the different covers and stuff. But uh, but this is different. This is legitimate content that people want and expect. Um, and maybe they're not entitled to it, but that doesn't mean I'm going to pay for less stuff. You know. If uh, yeah, I'm not entitled to all of that content at once. If that's if that's how they want to sell it, fine. But they're also not entitled entitled to my money. Um, as much as I like that movie and really did want to see it again, I was really excited to buy it. I mean, I, like I said, I pre-ordered it. I was really excited about this, and it took me all of 13 seconds to go and cancel it because that's how much I think this is serious. Um, and maybe how rash I'm being, but mm-hmm. I don't think so. Um, no, I think you're in the right. Like yeah. you're not entitled to give them your money and yeah. if they're not going to provide a product that uh, justifies your money. Then fuck yeah, them. I guess I just didn't understand. I read the article. I'm like, what's the matter? I just go to fucking Best Buy and get it. <laughs> so, but anyways, James, I just wanted to get, I guess I should pay more attention to the articles, but to me, I think the most important commentary is JJ Abrams. So I'll just pick it up at target. <sighs> Man, I'm going to support him. I'm going to give Paramount my money and say, you can take whatever you want. And I'll, I'll pay you next week, too, for World War Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just shoot whatever you want to in my mouth. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. As long as it's hot white cum. Aw. Fan mail. Fan mail! Uh, only a couple things this week, boys. In fact, there's only two things. Um, our good old friend, Mac Brabonics, saw our award-winning episode two of pod show yeah we also talked about that way to go brad congratulations award-winning yeah um he said that was funny i thought james was falling on that knife when he fainted (laughs) (laughs) and he also actually his next tweet was really funny he said hopefully no extra testicles were harmed in the making of this movie oh there were a couple that's funny because extra testicles sounds like extraterrestrial (laughs) (laughs) yep yep yeah, thanks, Macrobonics. Yeah. Appreciate it. And on a little side note, you can catch The Real Nerds September 28th on a panel at the Myth and Legend Con at the Sheridan Tech Center in Denver. Yeah. Go to malcondenver.com to purchase your tickets. Good times. We're doing a panel? What? Yeah, yeah. we're doing a panel. 
About what? Uh, we're we're thinking about movies. This is locked down, yeah, but it's going to be about films. Okay, I know yeah. we got to write a short paragraph <laughs> that James will write uh, and send it in tomorrow. <laughs> so oh not yeah, about podcasting. Just uh, about no, it won't just be podcasting. It'll just it'll just sort of us be talking. Yeah. Okay. It'll we be like a, podcast. a live show or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We might even record. You it. Didn't read the email that we got sent? No, I missed it. I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. we're doing a panel. Yep. You cool. can be on it, or if you don't want to. Yeah, if you don't want whatever. to, whatever. I'll think about it. Or you yeah, can actually, it. I'll go through my. You guys can go through my agent. And we'll decide. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> your agent's a, a hardballer. He's Jewish. Star now. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> anti-Semitic jukes. That wasn't anti-Semitic. I don't know. He's hardballing because he's a Jew. That doesn't mean anything wrong. I don't know. It might. It might be. I don't really know anything about racism because I'm so not racist that I, I really don't recognize it when I see. See, it. the only thing I know is that if you bash those uh, them in Hollywood, like if you're drunk driving. And you make fun of the Jews, then you don't have a job anymore. <laughs> they take your career away. They take your career away. <gasps> it's horrible. Because they run Hollywood. Mel Gibson found that out. <laughs> that was my joke. That, that was my whole long joke. Of course, I'm just kidding. Everybody out there, please don't send me hate mail. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. He loves Hanukkah a lot. I do. Or Kanaka. Because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a C at the beginning. So, uh, that's oh, not. Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. This is horrible. We need to move on. Speaking of horrible, we should also have a new trailer coming up soon for a movie that we're, <laughs> uh, me and Brad filmed. Um, it was it was a long, arduous process that me and Brad filmed this movie. Um, you had to go to some dark places. I did. And, you know, <laughs> the script that Brad wrote really, um, based on an idea from me, was really terrifying. And to get psyched for every take i ran around for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then brad says are you ready and i said just punch me in the face and then i'm ready to go yeah. <laughs> he's a uh, i think that's method acting right yeah yeah i uh, i'm actually really excited about this because i haven't gotten the chance to see it yet and i don't want to see it until it debuts and we're not gonna spoil it see, but yeah stay tuned um because we're also filming the third episode of our award-winning pod show that's right today and it'll be part of the third episode premiere yeah. And a uh, real quick thank you to the Alamo Draft House for letting us film there. Um, everybody was awesome and really welcoming and just, you know, they let us So welcoming we me wanted. and James walked through the back. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we're here to film. We're like, okay, you can let your friends yeah. in at the bo- uh, underneath. Nice. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was really cool. And thanks to Eileen uh, Augusta for helping us shoot it and Aaron yeah. Morris and Dan Weingart for... Uh, acting in it, Jesse Metaver. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was there? And thanks Dana. Ryan for acting in it. <laughs> oh, shut up! Um, you shut up. And Dana, yeah, Dana from uh, Not Literally. Yeah, got to smack the shit out of Brad. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so if you want to see Brad over and over, over and over, over again, over. we won't tell you the context of him being slapped, but yeah. he was slapped at least and seven, also eight times. Aaron's boyfriend uh, Dan for watching our stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all our oh. equipment. Yeah, yeah. Thanks everybody. Stay tuned for that stuff. It's going to be cool. It'll be a fun time. Hey, I watched movies this week. I bet you guys did too. This is stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. You know, figures you'd assume that I watched something <laughs> so arrogant <laughs> like that. You didn't watch anything this week? I did, actually. <laughs> so, it wasn't arrogance. It was just knowing. It's statistics. Like, I'm just trying to contribute, man. Out of a hundred, <laughs> out of a hundred and what, five episodes, you know? Or no, wait more than whoa, that. Whoa, 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 105, yeah. where the fuck This is 116, I believe. Yeah. Oh, man, we are cooking. Wow, yeah. this year has gone so fast. But uh, out of 116, how many times have you not seen anything? Legitimately. I think yeah. once. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's happened. I've, yeah. I've it's usually it. when you're busy editing or something. Yeah. 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 
Um, I only saw a couple things this week. Um, I rewatched Mama, mm, and every mama. time <laughs> we have to say that every time. Mama, <laughs> mama, mama. <laughs> I know. I think the title's really weird. Yeah. Um, but this time I watched it with the commentary by the director. Oh, did you buy the Blu-ray? I did. Wasn't it nice that it came with a commentary? It was. <laughs> you know, you know, I can pick up the commentary of the one I want mm. at at uh, any retailer at Best Buy. It has the J.J. Abrams one. That's the one I care about. <laughs> Do you think I really want to hear about how... Some... You want to hear what Chris Pine has to oh, say yeah. about oh, yeah. being Kirk, I'm sure. Yeah, I can watch the special features that come with it on it. There's seven featurettes. Well, if you well there's actually it. 14, but you only get seven. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. How was Mama? Um, Mama. You know, actually, I still think it's it's a pretty good horror movie. Mm. Um, I think the choices that the characters make in it are really interesting. Um, the ending, to me, is still incredibly shocking. Um and listening to the director talk about it, it it was really funny because one of my biggest issues, my only issue actually with the movie is there's this point point at the climax where uh, Jessica Chastain is driving and her boyfriend uh, went looking into back to the house where they found the girls. And he, she hasn't talked to him in like for a while. And she's driving down the road and all of a sudden he pops out out of nowhere and they like team up again. And the director said, I couldn't think of a way to get him back so i just had him show up <laughs> so, mm. and, he, and, he's, he, and they kept on talking about how stupid it was so i think that's pretty funny yeah um because it, it's i guess he shot a couple other things i haven't watched the deleted scenes yet yeah but i guess whatever he shot just didn't work mm. and so he just like you know what i'm just gonna have him jump in front of the car or whatever <laughs> yeah, it's it, funny a lot of people uh like your average movie goer assumes that if you're working in hollywood you totally know what you're doing mm -hmm. it's not always true no and he even said too he uh because there's a couple shots in the beginning uh when these guys are are searching for the the little girls and he said you know sometimes uh guillermo del toro who produced it and helped him get it made said you know you just got to shoot it sometimes you don't have the luxury of looking for the perfect light and stuff he mm -hmm. said this is a 15 million dollar horror movie you got to shoot what we have if you don't if you want to sit here and waste time you're going to waste money and all this stuff, and the director—I forget his name—I'm so dumb. But he, he said how much he appreciated it because it actually taught him that you don't always get what you want. Mm. And the most important thing for him was—you saw the short, right, James? Yeah. Have you seen the short, Brad? No. Um, he turned in a script to Guillermo del Toro, and he said, "Hey, where's the short in this? You mm. know, that's the most terrifying thing. You should work it into the script." And he said, "Okay." And uh, he was so it's really interesting uh, how instrumental Guillermo del Toro was mm. like helping shape this movie um, a really hands-on producer so it was really cool um, again I, I think Jessica Chastain's really good in it I think the trailer doesn't sell the movie properly hmm. the trailer sells the movie as um, you know Jessica Chastain really welcomes these um, people into these girls into her life but that's not what happens she's like afraid of them uh, she's in a rock band she wants nothing she wants none of the responsibilities um, the lines in the trailer are different than the actually the, the actual movie. Mm. Um, the little girl always just says "mama," and in the trailer she says, "No, you can call me." I can't believe her character name. You can call me this, and uh, but in the movie she actually says, "No, I'm not your mom. You can call me my real name, and that's what it is." Mm -hmm. So her eventually loving these girls and accepting them. Is is really powerful. It's part of the character. Growth. It's part of the character, and it's, and it makes the ending that more haunting. And I, you have to watch it. I mean, you guys might not like it, but yeah. I, I really appreciate the risks that they took making this movie. And I thought it's really well told, and mm -hmm. it's uh, it's dark. It's PG thirteen, but it's still not 
yeah. a, a happy it's movie. It's not yeah, it's not like a hey kids movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, in fact I would I would tell children maybe not to watch it because it's really disturbing. Yeah. How it ends. Um and then actually I don't know what kind of freaking mood I was in this week. Um but I saw that West of Memphis came out on D V D. Oh yeah. Um if you don't know what it is, uh in I don't. In 1992, these three boys were horribly murdered in West Memphis, Arkansas, Georgia, someplace Memphis, south. Memphis, Alabama. No, it's, Mem- not, it's not West Mem- Memphis. Not Memphis, it's Tennessee. Not Tennessee. Yeah. Anyways, it's someplace south. Yeah. And but not Tennessee South. Hmm. Yeah. And th- the story is, is these uh, teenage boys were convicted of murder because th- uh, the community believed it was a satanic ritual where they were they satanically sacrificed these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened is, is there were so many holes in this investigation that didn't make any sense um, how they, you know, settled on these kids. What happened is, is they, the police officers coerced uh, a confession out of one of the, the friends who has an IQ below 72. Hmm. So he's basically mentally handicapped. Yeah. And, what they they were playing the interrogation tape for him, and the cops were like leading him to answers. He would say they'd say so, uh, you know, little Stevie was murdered, uh, and he got like he his genitals were mutilated. Is that what happened? And then the kid's response is, uh, yeah, I think Damien mutilated his genitals. So they were like feeding him answers and what they wanted to hear, and then they would bring people on the witness stand that would lie like flat out lie saying that, Oh, they took me to a demon worshiping like cult. And, and then this other guy said, Oh yeah, they, they was bragging about how he sucked the blood out of this little boy's penis. And, and the, they had the guy on the documentary saying I was on drugs and I was totally lying. Huh? It was, it was bizarre. And, um, so what happened is a lot of celebrities got involved about how the justice system yeah. just screwed these kids over and it's a it's a really powerful documentary and you know i understand the the only thing i did not like about the documentary is they fake they focus so much on the injustice that was done to um the boys that were convicted of the murder mm-hmm. that the murder of the kids was kind of an afterthought yeah and to me if those if those boys didn't which they actually got out of prison recently under something called the alfred law where you assume you presume you're in it you maintain your innocence but the state still finds you guilty of the murders so it's basically a way of them saying like hey we're gonna let you go because you're innocent but uh yeah uh, we're not gonna say that we were wrong yeah exactly um and so the whole time i'm just like you know that's the worst thing about this whole thing is someone murdered these three little boys yeah and they're focusing so much on the injustice of this uh this court system that it's kind of forgotten that three little boys were murdered yeah. And it's a really, I mean, some of the images in this movie are horrible. They're showing like the bodies of the kids and stuff and, um, and just what happened to it. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's a tough movie to watch, but I think it's an important movie to watch for, um, for several reasons. And it's, you should just have to check it out. I, I, I don't think I'll ever watch it again, Yeah, but I mean, Peter Jackson is the one who fil- who produced this movie and he's right. in it and he talks about how much money he gave to help get these guys out of there and also to give money to find the real killer. And he paid a bunch of private investigators to find the right killer. And they're pretty much sure that it's this guy named Terry Hobbs. who is the little boy's stepfather. 
And but they don't they don't spend any time like they don't zodiac it where they try to build a case. They do. They do oh. build a case against him. Um but it's nothing conclusive and I think that's what's heartbreaking about it. Maybe mm-hmm. that's why it's hard to watch is even though the his name's Terry Hobbs and you you don't believe his stories there's nothing to convict him about. Yeah. And it, it it's a horrible situation and it's you know this you just have to see it. It's it's yeah. mind-blowing. Um well, I mean, I, I obviously haven't seen it, but I would say that, like, if if he has not actually been convicted, uh, I, I think that, that the filmmakers would have to be kind of careful about how, you know, even if they are sure, even if they know, like, everything they look yeah. at, they're like, this guy did it, and this is how and why, and, I think they would still have to be careful about convicting a guy in the public of something that they can't convict him of. And the here, here's a crazy part about what you just said, is the filmmakers spent 10 years making this movie. Right. Um and the guy that Terry Hobbs, who um, the movie and a couple other people in this documentary flat out say that he's the one who murdered him, mm-hmm. he sued um, the lead singer of the Dixie Chicks for defamation of character because she was saying stuff like that he murdered these these boys. Yeah. And what happened is you have to oh man, this part was so creepy because he did that and he wanted millions of dollars from them. What it did was put him on the stand. And in this like civil lawsuit court and her lawyers could ask him any questions. So they went back and brought all this evidence up front and says, you ever, you know, sexually molest this kid? And did you touch your daughter? Because we have sworn testimonies from these people and he's getting all antsy and he didn't get a fucking dime from him because they're like, he can't cooperate. Uh, yeah, it's it's they, really, they made such a good case, but that case yeah, wasn't in a, in exactly. a criminal trial. And you against have to him. watch it; it's it's crazy. And they found yeah. his his DNA at like this crime scene, but oh. they can't tie it to him. It's it's really well researched. Yeah. Um, you just again, I, I'm glad that if those kids didn't murder those kids, they're free yeah. because the justice system really let them down. But it's heartbreaking that those three little boys are dead, and yeah. nobody knows why, right. and and no reason behind it. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really fascinating story. Um, you should definitely watch it. The documentary is almost three hours long, but it does not seem that long at all. Wow! So it's very thorough. Um, if you want to be depressed, <laughs> you know, watch it and uh, get depressed on all fronts. Um, I'm sure it still can't be as depressing as Dear Zachary. Uh, it just can't be. Maybe. Um, and then there's you know they the cool the cool part about this though they also interviewed some jury members. And they said, no, that Damien Eccles is the murderer. And the district attorney who gave them that plea deal, they said, he said, well, I'm not reopening that case. They're guilty. When they made that deal, they told me they were guilty. Hmm. So it's, it's really fascinating. Um, wow. So you should check it out. It's called West of Memphis. Cool. And uh, yeah, that's what I watched this week. Brad, what'd you watch? Uh, as you know, from a few weeks ago, I started rewatching 24 mm-hmm. Yeah, from season four and I'm up to season seven now. Um, but I'll just talk about season six, which is generally regarded as like the worst season mm-hmm. of the bunch. Um, you know, I watching it again. It's really not that bad. The only like really downside is that, uh, Jack gets like presidential orders to be arrested and then let go over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of lame. And then. Um, it has, I totally forgot the ending of the season, which is this great, uh, end bit where Jack goes to, uh, secretary Heller's house to get mm-hmm. Audrey. On oh home, yeah. And he has that 
like showdown, that verbal showdown. Oh, that's him. a great moment. And then uh, ultimately decides he has to let Audrey go for her safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes up to the edge of the cliff there. And the episode kind of makes you think he's going to maybe just like he's got nothing else to live for. So yep. he might toss himself over the edge. But then it just cuts to the, the clock and... You had to wait a whole year. Actually, that was writer strike time, right? Yeah, I, so you had to yeah. wait like a year and a half. <laughs> and they <laughs> advanced, two years even. yeah, they advanced it like two years because season seven picks up with him in Washington, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, there was that a uh, TV movie, The Twenty Four Redemption, uh, which is fun. shortly before that. Um, but yeah, you had to wait a long time to find out like where they were gonna go next because yeah, pretty much at the end of that season, like all the threads were. You're, it was like an open book. Like yeah, that's right. That was that I remember because me and you were such fans at that. Mm-hmm. Watching it, it was grueling, just yep. waiting. And then, you know, you're like, oh, it's coming back. And then they postponed it at like a half a year because it says, well, if we can't shoot them all back to back, then. Yeah. If we hmm. can't like write the scripts the way we want, you mm-hmm. know, we don't want to do it. But I, you're right about season six. Um, you know, when I watched it on TV, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. But when I had the luxury of watching it on DVD and watching the episodes continuously, it, it holds up a lot better. Yeah. Instead of just week to week. Yeah. Uh, if you can watch like a four hour block, you can see more like things are connected. It's just like there's a lot of redundant. And like it also seems like they're congratulating themselves for season five because they like there's no real. It's it's weird to me that President Logan's involved in this story. Yeah. And then they got to go talk to his wife, Martha um, and Aaron Pierce is there. It's just like they keep revisiting stuff from season five for the sake of saying like we did such a good job that last season and we love those characters. Let's see him one more time. I do remember being at Outback working and it had been during football or something. And they had like a picture, uh, like a promo for 24 and president Logan like came in. I'm like, Oh fuck Logan's back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's funny because I also watched some 24 this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I started at season two because I've seen most of season one before and sort of fell off of it. Did you Um, watch the last episode of season one? No. Um, dumbass. Yeah. Well, here's why. Here's Greatest why. Because, in, yeah, but here's why. Because last week you had told me that like uh that where the that the episode that got you into twenty four was, was like mm. near the beginning of season two. Uh or at least you thought. And I think I think because you thought it was actually season four, and mm-hmm. I think you might be right. Because I having watched the beginning of season two, what you were describing is not exactly what I'm happened. I'm pretty sure it's season four. I'll have to yeah. rewatch them. Um anyway, the uh but I, I, I'm gonna wait until I I finished the season and that'll be a while because uh, I'm watching like one episode a day as I exercise. Um, and it's good. I'll say that. Uh, but I do want to ask, is is Kim's story always just the fucking worst thing ever? <laughs> Especially, I'm in season, I, you know, I don't know season if season two, two is, is her worst. worst story. Okay. Season two is the worst. Yeah. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Every time, oh. If you like anyway. cougar wrestling. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, see, I didn't. That's part of why I was like, oh, I'll just start at season two because I, I seen that. Um, so the uh, um, part of it was it started and Billy Burke's name came up in the mm-hmm. title card. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, this is going <laughs> to be awesome. Text I me. even texted Ryan. And I was like, you didn't tell me Billy Burke was in 24. <laughs> and then Billy Burke is a douche. <laughs> and he's like a magic douche who just shows up around the corner. Like, hey, I'm here. And I'm, it's, oh, oh, our story's the worst. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, show's fun. Sorry, speaking of really awesome characters in season five. When Logan like orders like it tries tries to reason with Aaron Pierce after he's had him beat up and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Pierce's like response to Logan's offer is like so, like 
I'm just like, oh, I love Aaron Pierce. <laughs> yeah. Because Logan uh, says, like, so are you going to play, like, by my rules and, you know, accept what's been going on just keep your mouth shut? And uh, he says, uh, what is it? Uh, there's nothing that you have said or um, shown me today that uh, would make me consider your offer. Will there be anything else? Charles. <laughs> yeah. Mr. President. Yep. Uh, Aaron Pierce is badass. He's awesome. I love seeing him now because he's in so many movies as just mm-hmm. like some army general. <laughs> he's in uh, Star Trek Generations as a uh, ensign of the uh, Enterprise B. Way hmm. back then. <laughs> Still huh. giving commands. Uh, so the other thing I watched, I think, is going to lead it into James. Okay. What? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So say it. What'd you watch, James? Oh well, uh, I went to see the open screen night this week. <gasps> wow, hey, that's a Brad, horrible segue. Too. I did. Brad, you are the worst at segways. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't have to be the best. Um, <laughs> I want you to be. This is the first time I've been to an open screen night. Um, that's right. And we won an award, one. so I think I'll go back. I know yeah, you're yeah, a good um, luck charm. Applause, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. James uh, is a good luck charm. Maybe I don't know. I like to think I am. Um, Might have had something to do with the writing of this episode. Maybe yeah. probably the writing. Yeah. Definitely not the acting. Oh, you guys. <laughs> Maybe the directing. Um, I hope so. <laughs> so, uh, so how was open screen night? <laughs> it was good. It was good. There was some good stuff there. Let's talk about Did it. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was good. There was some okay. good stuff there. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there were a couple of films from the 48 hour. I think the one that stands out the most is the Western, which was called uh, Blood, Blood, in the the, Blood in Our Wells. Oh, Blood in Our Wells. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was really cool, especially for a 48 hour. Uh, it was, you know, it was a good drama. Um, basically this, uh, this young woman is like, she's out in the field with this black guy and they're eating apples together. And then she goes home and, or, and her sister sees her and she goes home and her sister, uh, and her, her dad comes home and he's found one of the apples. He's like, you were out there eating apples with that black guy, but he doesn't say black guy. He, he straight up drops it, you know, a big old N word. Drops the N bomb. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, in a 40, that's weird um and uh and so he's like you know i'm gonna go kill him i'm just gonna go kill him so he goes off and he's gonna kill that guy just racist motherfucker yeah 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 yeah. Um, so is her sister and so there's the sisters are sitting there and this is maybe my favorite little bit uh was the sisters are sitting there and the one sister's just being bitchy and the other one is like just sitting there taking it and all of a sudden she just like reaches over and stabs the other sister in both hands with a knife with like two knives in each hands uh, and she's screaming, and then it cuts away, and I was like, "Oh, that w- all right, that was cool." Um, and then, uh, anyway, and then they go, and she ends up showing up and killing her dad. And uh, I think what was what was really good about it is at the ending. Uh, you know, spoilers for this. You should check it out. I don't know where if it's online somewhere, but um, he, like, after she shoots her own dad, he's like, "Look, there's no good way out of this. We can't go anywhere. So you run. You just go, and you go wherever and live your life." I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the other way, and basically what you realize is like he's gonna go turn himself in for shooting this guy, and they're gonna hang him, and she's gonna run off and be okay. Um, but it was just a really neat, poignant, and well shot um, little short that was uh, impressive. There was also the one where the dude fights a bear. Yeah, the music video. Yeah, <laughs> which was great. Don't help me help the bear. Yeah, don't help me help the bear. Uh, that was really funny, and uh, the bananas episode. Or from Chef who, Cook, who is that? Art Face Studios. Art Face Studios. Yeah, I gotta look them up. Yeah, their fiftieth episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I got a lot to catch up on because because that one was pretty good, damn good. Um, so uh, yeah, that was really fun. Oh, and then we uh, there was a oh, fuck. There was the unforgettable My closing gosh. act. Ugh. Jack to the Max, which is a <laughs> Biz Jack Flemco production. You may remember Biz Jack Flemco, Richard Taylor, and Zach Bynes from our Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer interviews. Mm-hmm. They made a movie about a guy who. <laughs> rejects his penis no 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 his penis rejects him basically he he beats off so much that his penis just gets bad and That's leaves true. yeah yeah leaves um, him and then he almost kills himself because he's like what is there to live for but then i guess he doesn't yeah uh yes. and then his dick goes around and like i, I struggles does, does it really do anything like it it, it, could, it there are a couple scenes and then basically there's this really long scene where it like has sex with a lady um that's really over the top and dumb and then her husband comes in and he like kind of rants for a way yeah yeah and then oh and then the dick pulls out and like jizzes all over his face sneezes whatever over his face yeah yeah i know what it was and then they Uh, reconnect yeah and then he eats his own dick and gets his dick back even though even though he says that like since he lost his dick he's like been really successful and his life's been great because he doesn't beat off so much um it was ridiculous Uh, clearly we stole the award from them (laughs) yeah fuck Uh, (laughs) um Really? Yeah, you think that's know. award-winning? <laughs> <laughs> it um, it was certainly shocking. I appreciate the boldness of it. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was shocking. Um, but I, I don't think there was much more than shocking. Uh, I mean, and there were a couple of, like, I remember laughing a couple times at, like, good legitimate jokes in there. But uh, for the most part, I was just like, oh, fuck. What? What? It was funny to have, like, a giant dildo with googly eyes on a smiley face drawn on it. Yeah, that was... Um, but it was funny for, like... 13 seconds and then it's that kind of eclectic uh you know mix of trauma. stuff that you get at uh open screen night yeah yeah, yeah. bear um, fighting music fighting bear music videos westerns yeah. and which was really cool graphic. i i i i did really enjoy it like the open screen night thing and mm. all of that and how you know um how that place is run and we'll uh, be back next month yeah, yeah yeah i look forward to going again it was cool um anyway i watched some other stuff uh like full length films this week. Um I I rewatched Mud and on the trailer for Mud there was this movie called Emperor that I had never heard of but it starred um Tommy Lee Jones and Matthew Fox and I was like that hmm and the trailer looked cool. So I swear I like, that movie came out like 2 years ago. Really? Yeah. Had you like you In saw theaters. trailers for it? Yeah. I, huh. Maybe like I'm pretty sure maybe. it's this year. I think I saw a review for it in Entertainment Weekly this huh. year. Yeah. God, I feel like it was like 2011. I had honestly never heard of this movie. Like it was an art house so. thing. Oh yeah, it, it maybe it's been floating around in little theaters for a while. Yeah. Um, I think it is. Yeah, it, it it is credited as 2012. So probably it was in the can in 2012 and aired maybe January, at like, February, maybe. Um, yeah, but you know, who knows? I I don't think it's. It was out of Redbox, so I think it's a recent release because it's not like so huge that they would have brought it back or anything. So I'm assuming um, you saw the trailer and you're like, I gotta go see that. Yeah, yeah. So I went and rented did. it. Yeah. Um. And it's good. Uh, basically, it tells the story of the the ten days between when um, General MacArthur got to Tokyo and took over Japan, basically, and those first ten days when he was he was given ten days basically to decide whether or not the emperor was uh, responsible for the war and therefore should be hung. Um, and it's a really fascinating. It's a story that I've not really heard before. Um, I knew little aspects of it, but uh, certainly not to this extent. Um, 
And it really, uh, Matthew Fox plays this guy named Fellers, General Fellers, who really is the guy who got this assignment. But they they fictionalize a certain part of his relationship. Uh, basically, MacArthur goes to him and says, look, you, you know a lot about Japan. You like Japan. I want you to make this decision. And they sort of tra- they sort of play it off like he's given you this decision because MacArthur wants to run for president. And he basically wants to both be responsible for the decision if it's good and not be responsible for the decision. Basically, wash bad. his hands clean if yeah, it goes wrong. Right. Exactly. Um, and uh, and so that sort of tension is 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 good. Um, and there are you know people on both sides. There are people who clearly are like, no, we you know we came over here because we like the propaganda was we're gonna hang this guy. Like when we get there, the emperor's dead. Um, but it it sort of delves into really sort of how complicated the uh, Japanese government sort of was and, and how. Um, how much of a figurehead that character or that that role sort of can be um while at the same time being so reverent and and you know having so much power um it's really it's really kind of fascinating um i think the story is is good i think the way they tell it's really good i i think the um seeing stuff like you never realize how much you know we know what happened to nagasaki and hiroshima but there the whole scene thing takes place in in tokyo and tokyo is demolished the firebombing in tokyo and i it, this is in the um features which are fantastic and come on the disc even as a rental um hmm. they talk about how people really don't realize just how much tokyo was demolished by the firebombing uh and you see what are pretty accurate because i looked it up later really accurate rep, uh um, like CG versions of that, and it's it's breathtaking. Um, there is this sort of fictionalized story about him having a relationship with a Japanese girl, and that that's sort of his uh, motivation behind his des- decisions. Um, and I will say that the end. Uh, I mean, spoilers for history: we don't hang the emperor. What? Yeah, right. Because um, that that's still an institution there today. So. Um, while I think the ending the ending is has got so much weight behind it that I think it's still really touching, but I think there's something about the way that it's written and and the way that they spend time in that scene that I think saps it of being really moving um so there there are a couple lines in there, really good lines in there uh that that are so much about mercy and punishment and all of that that I think are really good but they, they don't get enough time. And so while I felt myself moved a bit to tears, I, I never really felt that punch. Um, so it's, it's good, but it's not great. Um, another one that I saw this week was uh, Rapture Palooza, huh. uh, which I also, I also rented because, you know, I'd seen trailers for it and I was like, okay, that looks cool. You know, and, and there's Anna Kendrick in it. Uh, uh, tell us the real reason. Uh, so it's got, it stars Anna Kendrick. Um, <laughs> seen the cover up for that. Like, yeah, Photoshop or boobs? Because I don't remember them being that big. Oh, they're uh, big. No, no, no. Yeah, that's... Uh, There's a part in um, Pitch Perfect where she's wearing this, like, tank top, and she's bending down to get a CD. It's a great shot. <laughs> get the Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, man. No, don't get the Blu-ray. That movie's not great. Of Pitch Perfect? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, and then uh, Craig Thompson, right? Robinson. Craig Robertson. Yeah. Uh, he plays the, the Beast. Uh, he plays, like, the Antichrist. And basically, it's the yes, sort of... Bob. Um, it's a sort of a uh, romantic comedy or just, yeah, it's just a comedy about the rapture happens and all the Christians go up to heaven and these people are just left. And, uh, Anna Kendrick and her boyfriend are 
actually really, you know, they're really nice people who just want to go about their lives. They want to like start a little sandwich cart and sell sandwiches, even though there's not that much food around. So they don't have a lot to make sandwiches out. So they're making it out of like pickles and whatever shit they can find. Um, but then like a meteor comes down and crushes their sandwich cart. And uh, the beast at some point sees them because his dad works for the beast. Um, so he sees them and he decides like, I want to have sex with Anna Kendrick. Um, well, or whoever Anna Kendrick's playing, I don't know. He wants to have sex with Anna Kendrick. And so he makes this deal of like, look, you can either have sex with me or I'm going to kill everyone that you know, because that I can just do that because I'm the antichrist. And so they devise this plan where like, she's going to go on this like fake date and try to stretch it out as long as possible without having sex with him while they like attack him with, uh, whatever stuff so they can like lock him up. You know, so that they can save the world from the Antichrist. And uh, I think what's the premise of the movie is really good, and there's a lot of funny parts in it. Um, it starts a little bit hard because they uh, they've got a lot of stuff to set up. Like there's there's these like sort of demon people who come in, and they're supposed to be there to like really mess with people's lives, but they end up just becoming stoners. Um, and then they're also like. There's this one guy who came comes back from the dead. And now he's a zombie and he just mows his lawn all day. Um, and there's, so there's just all this exposition stuff they have to set up for this world that I think at the beginning it takes a long time really getting going. Um, but I think most of that stuff pays off pretty well and you understand like why it's there and it's funny in the end. Um, it <laughs> I think a lot of the charm of this movie comes out of the, the goofiness and the improv and stuff like that. Um, I don't want to spoil too much. I mean, in the trailer, you see that like when Jesus comes down to save everybody, he gets shot by a giant laser beam. Um, <laughs> and, and then, um, Ken Jong shows up at some point. He's in everything, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, here he plays God. I'm uh, that guy for that thing. <laughs> and he, he's a very douchey God. Um, and then, uh, God and the antichrist fight and it's fantastic. Um, so, you know, I think if you're at a red box and you're just looking to rent a, a comedy, this is not a bad way to go. Um, but it's definitely not, you know, again, it was one it's where a rental. <laughs> yeah. Oh, at the very least, you know, it's a rental or a miss, you know, it's not, <laughs> a, not a huge deal. Um, but if you like Anna Kendrick, she's good. You know, everybody who's in it is really good in it. Uh, it just sort of lacks a certain um, flair. Uh, but I started all of this by saying that I rewatched Mud this week, and yeah, um, you're still fucking talking about what you've been watching. Jesus fuck. Christ! I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Mud is real good. I know you've been saying it for weeks. Yeah, Mud need you guys need. So to see you mud. know, like it's not going to be surprising when your number one movie of the year is Mud. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying. Well, you know, you talk about it like it's like the greatest thing since. Uh, you know this uh, this summer has been a very disappointing since summer. Avatar. For me. Um, oh, you dick! Remember when uh, Avatar was in his top ten? God damn it! Anyways. You gotta check. You gotta check out Mud. I know. I keep really on meaning to. I I read an awesome interview with Matthew McConaughey, mm. and talking about how I rededicated my life to make sure that, uh, that it, you know he does the big movies and then he does three or four independent movies. What was the last big movie? I don't even know. I mean, what's the last one he did? Sahara. <laughs> no, he just <laughs> yeah. did one after that. Uh, Do you know if you uh, put Mud in the DVD player upside down? That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that? Oh man! Think it. Think about it. And it because mud backwards is dumb. Mm. Yeah, get it? Yeah, that joke's dumb too. <laughs> <laughs> it's know. not I, if I you thought, understood it. That was too intelligent for me, Brad. I thought it was pretty good. Move us along, host. Yeah. Anyway, you're not gonna talk about mud? No, no, no. I've talked about mud enough. 
Uh, we'll probably talk about it again in like December 30th or something. Probably. I'm Matthew McConaughey. I'm in a movie called Mud. It's about making mud. I don't know. It's not about mud. I doesn't sound like Matthew McConaughey. He's in Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, too. I was reading it, that article is the one that that movie made him rededicate himself to making movies he wanted to make. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, cool. Because he hated that movie or something. <laughs> uh, cool. I guess sponsor time. Hello, Real Nerds listeners. I'm Mac. And I'm Idiotilix. And we're here to tell you to visit com. Why should you visit com? Well, duh, it's simple. If you like farts and cartoons and bad words and stuff, you should definitely visit com. How do you spell that address, I see? What? I don't know. Fucking S something. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in college. I have no idea. Fine. I'll do it. S... P H E R Oh god. Oh god. S Just say the domain part. I don't want to be here all night. Jesus. Is it getting more of a complicated website name? Stupid assholes first. Jesus. Anyway, visit our website where you can read about all the funny adventures of seven aliens struggling to live together in an abandoned warehouse in Denver. What, that's it? What, it doesn't say anything about my crazy hijinks or antics or... <sighs> Ridiculous. Nope, that's all Sperks wrote down. Well, that doesn't sound funny at all. But you know what does sound funny? Gross. Oh man, I'm hungry again. Oh, it's so disgusting. Sparks is gonna be pissed when he sees what you did to his office. Hey, what are you guys doing in my office? It smells like puke and farts in here. Go to SparksDomain.com. Bye! SparksDomain.com. For barbecue that can't be beat. Try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. My man spider sense is tingling. Hey, look, it's man spider. How's it going, true believers? When I'm swinging through Colorado and I need comic books, I head to Arvada, Colorado to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, the teal troll is attacking me! My son's in danger. Will no one help him? Oh no, it's Man Spider. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, the whips the competition with great deals on back issues. 50% off, hold slot, 20% off list price. You want sports memorabilia? They got that too. Where are you going, Man Spider? The teal troll still has my son. Here's web in your eye. Oh no, I'm bested by Man Spider again. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and tell them the real nerd sent you. Hey, it's a slow week at the box office. We'll tell you those box office numbers right now. 
This is the box office stats. Uh, Lee Daniels, the butler, repeated as number one. Yeah. The movie we saw, The World's End, was fifth? Fourth. Fourth? Yeah. Uh, what was its total? Uh, uh, 8.8 million. But, you know, James was surprised. I was telling him today it was only in 1,500 theaters. Yeah. They really didn't make it a big marketing push or... Which I guess, you know, if, if that tempers their expectations of what the movie was going to make, then mm-hmm. good. You know, uh, I think 8.8 for an opening weekend for the th- the fourth great Edgar Wright movie in a row. Um I I'm I'm I can't help but be disappointed. I wanted this movie to do gangbusters so that like I mean, I, I was about to say so that Edgar Wright's next movie is huge, but Edgar Wright's next movie is Ant-Man, so it's already huge. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, you know, I guess uh, just like I said with Scott Pilgrim, I guess nobody loses if this movie fails, but I don't think it'll fail. I think it's going to appeal more to um the European markets. Oh yeah, and um, it's already done well over there. So I just Budget back, so yeah, it's already made its budget back. So, what finished ahead of it? James, I can't remember. Um, so, Where the Millers was two. Uh, the Mortal Instruments, City of Bones, came out this week, which was like the that teen, um, mm-hmm. like romance thing, you know, the like, like Twilight, but it, yeah. looked, it looked honestly a lot better in Twilight. Uh, that was number three, and then Your Next was number six. Yeah, it's um, they're also disappointing. Which I also was released. they were forecasting that to do 15 million. Yeah, I would have expected that to. At least um, come I don't in think like I don't think the advertisements for it sold it very well. Or and they kind of waited a long time to put make a push on the movie. Hmm. I imagine they assumed with like how well The Conjuring did, they're like, yeah, another like small horror movie is probably going to do gangbusters. Yeah, nope. But yeah. it only cost two million dollars to make. It's already made back its budget. Yeah. So. And does that does that trailer really sell that movie no. well? Like that that trailer to me looks like, hey, you guys remember The Strangers? Um, yeah, it's, it's but this one doesn't have any stars I'm, I'm, in it. I'm telling you, the movie's it's. One of my favorites from the year. Yeah. And it's way different than how that's sold. Because hmm. um, they don't even sell the angle of that chick kicking ass. Yeah. So, yeah. See? Yeah. Anyway. I guess I guess that's maybe like a spoiler for the movie then. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways. Maybe. But if, if people don't see the movie because they don't know that aspect, then what's, you know, what good is the spoiler? Uh, what's Thanks. coming out on Blu-ray next week, James? Thanks, Box Office Mojo. Fuck Box Office Mojo. Whoa. I got mine from Hollywood Numbers. <laughs> you Just kidding. Not. Thanks, Box Office Mojo. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Now You See Me is the uh, big Blu-ray release this week. That quietly made tons of money. Yeah, yeah. it did. I, and is getting a sequel. Is with it? the original what? director yeah. back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and probably most of the cast. Um mm. Yeah, I'll but, see it. <laughs> uh, the, the Blu-ray is not doing so well because it's getting beat out by the Final Destination four-pack set. So that can't be right. Uh, that's that's what Digital Bits says. Are you questioning Digital Bits? No, I'm just saying that that maybe it's not updated or something. It might. Yeah, you might be right. Or maybe the four-pack of Final Destination is only like ten bucks or something. Yeah, that could be. Um, and there's some Vampire Diaries. Uh, oh, here it is, Ryan. Here it is. Spartacus War of the Damned comes out. I this cannot week. wait. I can't wait to see more beheadings of people fucking. <laughs> uh, people beheaded while they're fucking, or I don't think that's happened in that fucking, show. You know, no, I think it has. What? Oh, of course, no, I've seen more of that show so. than you have. Um, uh, there's also a season of Haven, which I, you guys have never seen. Haven? No. Nope. Nope. Okay. It it's not great, but um, the lead actress is the woman who voices Elena from uh, no. Uncharted. So I checked it out once, and it, yeah, it's fun, but uh, it's very sci-fi. Um, 
And surprisingly, I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but uh, this is the week that Sharknado comes out on DVD. It's because nobody cares. Uh, right. Well, yeah. It's, it's just pe- trending people... because I think it's the name alone. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's the premise of that movie that, you know. Um, and there's also The Lords of Salem, which, uh, was that? Rob Zombie. I was going to say, that's a Rob Zombie movie from earlier this that year. That I wanted to see in the theater, but I was sick that day. Oh. Did you seriously just gloss over The Office release? That, oh, yeah. Office Season 9? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oops. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, The Office Season 9 uh, is coming out this week. Thank you, Brad, for keeping me on my toes. Uh, and The League Season 4. Yes. And It's Always Sunny. fun. Um, season, what, what, 8? Yeah. Yeah. Man, you believe that show's been on that long? No. That's crazy. Uh, the first season of Revolution comes out this week, which I never actually finished that first season. I need to go back and finish it, because I, I enjoyed that show. Audrey Rains is apparently in that show. Is she really? Yeah. Wait, who? Uh... Jack Bauer's love interest? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. Um, the fifth film of the year that starred The Rock but never released in theaters, Empire State, comes out this week. What? I, I don't know, but I'm probably going to rent it just yeah. so I can say I saw all five of the movies Why that The Rock was in. Why does he third on there? I don't Behind know. Liam, Hem- he, Liam Hemsworth and Emma Roberts? Uh, the Rock? Seriously? Yeah, right? Um, mm. I don't know. Maybe he's only in it for like ten minutes. Probably. Yeah. Right. But he's... It's like, uh, what movie is he an air marshal in for just, like, five minutes? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Fudge. He's in, like, movie for, like, five minutes, and then... Shoot, I don't remember. You're, I the, don't, you're the rock guy. I know. I don't remember. Uh, and the very last thing is Song of the South gets a Blu-ray release this week. Nice. Uh, it has to be the wrong one. I can see the cover art from here. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, Song of the South, the... Uh, the well, the song, rise of the Almond Brothers. Yeah, it's the rise of the yeah. It's it's basically a documentary about the Almond Brothers. Why you waste our um, time with this, James? Because <laughs> it was really cool to be able to say the song, song of the South gets a Blu-ray release this week. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. in sweats, my wife is beautiful. It doesn't. Did she get a black <laughs> regular release? Um, <laughs> 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 now who's racist? Anyway, Unsp- that, that's DVDs. Unspool the real news for me, James. It's real news. Well, we already we yeah, we already covered the uh, the Blu-ray news. I know I'm going to go to Target and Best Buy to get Star Trek so I can get all the features. Fuck! <laughs> uh, I'm sure, your wife dig. will appreciate that. Totally. Yeah, I'm going to spend all the money on Star Trek. Why? Because Paramount wants me to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only real thing we have to talk about, and this isn't even huge news, and we don't even usually talk about casting news, but for the second week in a row, um, James Spader got cast as all, um, uh, Ultron. In Avengers 2. Also known as Robert California in Law Office. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Um, which, you know, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what he's going to sound like. And it's going to be all VO, probably. We're never going to see his well, face. Well, he has a cool a voice. I think that's why. Yeah. And he's really he's really good at delivering lines. And I think he's, I think he's a great actor. I really yeah. do. Absolutely. So, you know, when you, anytime you get actors like that, that just, you know, they can just inhabit the role and it's not... Ultron isn't the... Becomes... It's not... James Spader's Ultron. Ultron will be James. I don't know how to say it, but it'll be good. I, I like the casting of that. So do you think Iron Man's going to have to solve the mystery of the Stargate? <laughs> in Avengers 2? Right. Um, yeah. I, I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, but mm-hmm. should be pretty cool. I, I don't actually think that's the biggest news out of this. Um, because buried sort of within this news um, is this reveal that the actual villain of Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be Ronan the, the Accuser. It's um, a great villain, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. It's gonna be. It's gonna be cool. But what's interesting about that is that this—it's not Thanos. 
Um, you know, I, I've, I've heard people say before that part of why Marvel has been so successful, uh, especially in their marketing, is that they they reveal something without, and they don't say like, oh, "Hey, this is what's going to happen," and they just let people assume, and then they'll change it. You know, like, so everybody assumed that, you know, Thanos was going to be the villain in the next Avengers. And then when he wasn't, everybody just sort of assumed, oh, okay, he must be the villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. So clearly he's not. And he'll be present, but I, he's not going to get defeated, which which means that the the stinger at the end of Avengers is probably actually a trailer for Avengers 3. That That probably they were giving us a clue into the huge thing that they have set up of of Thanos being behind all of this stuff for five or six movies. And then we'll get some huge epic battle with the guardians in there and all this shit going on. You know, I told you this uh, uh, yesterday when we were talking about it. It's a lot like the Avengers at the end of Iron Man Mm -hmm. where, you know, Nick Fury says, have you ever heard of the Avengers initiative? And he doesn't come back. They don't mention it until the end of Iron Man two that he tells them he's not part of the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Then it's another two years before they have the Avengers. So it's planting those seeds. That's why they're so smart. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's huge. And I haven't, I haven't hardly seen anybody talking about that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think, I think everybody's sort of taken it with a like, Oh, okay, cool. Whatever. Uh, and they don't realize that that, how much planning had to go into that and how huge and epic. It, this feels to me like a, a lot like that with Avengers. I mean, yeah, well, now Kevin that we've seen them pull Feige off Avengers. Or Feige or yeah, G or whatever he pronounces Feige, last name. Yeah, someday we'll figure that one. He out. said he's <laughs> they've planned movies till twenty twenty. Right. So yeah. I mean they know what they're doing and it's pretty yeah. it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and and exciting, mm-hmm. you know, because they, I didn't. I mean, I I, I think I did believe that they were going to pull off Avengers, but maybe only to me. You know, I certainly mm-hmm. didn't believe it was going to be as great or as popular as it was. You know, that maybe I was going to end up making some concessions for it, and I don't mm-hmm. at all. Um. That then, like, having a big plan like this, like, oh, man, what is that movie going to look like? And how big and huge is that going to be? Um, it's, it just seems crazy to me. Um, so I'm I'm very excited about this. This seems really cool. And and honestly makes me more excited about Guardians and more excited about Avengers 2 and, and all the stuff that they're going to be building. And the, it feels like they're it, – it almost feels like it frees them to do more mm-hmm. with those movies, you know, and make them – more specialized because they don't they don't i mean yeah they're working towards a farther off goal but that goal is farther off mm-hmm. now um so yeah I, I think that's really cool but that's why marvel rocks yeah speaking anyway. of marvel let's dig into the long box and pull out a comic book i don't know if it's a marvel one i'm just it's not yeah i know it's not you don't read those marvel stuff every once in a while what's up nerds it's the comics corner uh so Ryan and I actually talked about this yesterday, so he kind of knows this is coming, but not too long ago, they uh, released this video game called The Last of Us. Um, that I've been playing nonstop this week. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, good. Uh, and you need to finish it so we can talk about it. I know, I do. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Um, I will just simply say, I I wholeheartedly believe that this is one of the best games I've ever played. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and I think it's the defining game of this last generation. I, uh, yesterday I was in the snowstorm area mm-hmm. part yeah. of it and what I really liked doing was taking a brick or a bottle and throwing it and hitting them and then sprinting with Ellie and then she would jump up in here and jam a knife in their head because <laughs> they get yeah. stunned it's fun yeah and she, uh, keep in mind she's like a 14 year old girl yeah <laughs> yeah um so uh, they also released some comics to go away along with it uh, and I've read the first issue 
Um, I actually realized yesterday I'm missing the third, so I got to go to Queen's Cards and pick up the third issue because uh, I didn't have it on my pull list, so I had to just pick them up when I went to shops. Because um, I thought, like, yeah, a lot of times when they do video game mm-hmm. tie-ins, like, it's throwaway garbage that you're like, oh, okay, whatever, you know. Uh, but this one's cool. This one's really cool. And they I heard get, it's good. Yeah, and they get the uh, they get the tone of Ellie very correct you know she's written right so basically what it is is it it starts with her showing up in the in boston right Mm -hmm. the game starts in boston um and i I assume it's boston they never tell me but i i just assume it's boston um and she gets off of this bus and uh and she's alone there's nobody with her and there's this really kind of touching moment that is very defining of who ellie is especially in the game and uh, spoilers for maybe the first third of the game i mean you 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 understand who ellie is very quickly mm-hmm. um but there's this really wonderful moment where there's a guard from the bus who she goes up to him and she's like you know are you coming with me you know like you're not just gonna leave me right and he's like i i have a, a family that i have to watch out for and i can't i can't watch out for you and i can't take you with me so mm-hmm. so i i hate to do this but yeah i'm i'm leaving you um and it's this it's this sort of heartbreaking moment where, she, and and she just sort of takes it on the chin and is like, "Fine, fuck it," and she walks away. And, and but it's this really heartbreaking moment that wow. when you know Ellie already, and I, it's why I sort of suggest that you read this after you play the game because, um, yeah, because there's it, that there's really that whole speaks. scene where she's with Joel in the game and she says, yeah. "Everybody leaves me anyway, so fuck you." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh man, um, so. I think it's really good. Basically, she uh, you know she gets into some little fights in the first issue, and then meets this friend, and they um, they they figure out how to sneak out of the town. And there's there's a lot of stuff going on. There's little hints to things that they are you know planting seeds for, um, and it's it's really cool and exciting. And the the art is good. Um, so I I think you uh, definitely ought to check this out, especially if you, if you played that game. Go and find this because there's there's some cool stuff in here. You know that. Um, I would never want them to make a sequel to The Last of Us, but this gets me in so that I can I can taste those characters like one more time and get <laughs> a little bit more out of it. Um, so it sort of scratches both itches, you know. Um, so yeah, go to Color Coins Cards. I'm, I'm sure they've got some of the back issues. You can get them Hopefully. there. Um, or I, there will be a trade of this because it's doing well. And and you know with stuff like this, like this is something you can sell to people who aren't buying individual com- issues of comics. Um, so there will be a trade, and you can get it for twenty mm-hmm. percent off at, at uh, Color Coins Cards and Comics the next time you're there, uh, once they print it. Um, so yeah, for sure check it out, or yeah, just go yeah, there and buy whatever comics you know. But this is a good one. Yeah. Damn it! Now you make me want it. Yeah. Have you seen that they're releasing a comic book of Super Mario Brothers 2? Oh, the movie? yeah. Yeah, what? I saw that this week. Yeah. The original Super Mario Brothers ends with that cliffhanger of Daisy showing up. She's like, you're never going to believe this. And then she gets Oh, Mario you mean Luigi. the movie? I thought you meant the video game. Oh, yeah, oh, no, 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 no. It's a no. sequel to so, Super Mario Brothers the movie. Yeah, as a comic book. Yeah. So they're continuing this story from there as mm-hmm. a... Um, I've been trying not to buy like uh, comics that aren't Batman and Ninja Turtles, but... yeah. I'm, my curiosity is peaked. <laughs> you have to, right? <laughs> I have to find yeah. out where they're going to go with this. The uh, one of the ones like that that I'm really curious about that I'm picking up is they're doing a comic of uh, based on sort of the I don't even know what material they're going on, but sort of a lot of the original ideas that Star Wars was based on, like like mm-hmm. s- some of the early concepts. Oh yeah, that I he saw had. that. Yeah, um, and it looks really cool. Like the, the characters Ralph all McCoury look very stuff. different. And um, sorry, say again. Like you, the concepts, like the Ralph McQuarrie art. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like Luke Skywalker is sort of older. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, He's like a breathing cool. pack. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not that one. Oh. It's not that one. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, that would have been badass. But no, this is a this is a different one where it's and I don't know again. I'm sorry, but I don't know exactly what material they're pulling from, like where they got all of this information. I think it's original screen treatment, if I remember reading yeah, it right. It's something like that. It's they're trying to hunt down Luke Starkiller or something. It's mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so some of the changes like that, where you know mm-hmm. uh, Chewie isn't the side the the sidekick on the Millennium Falcon and things like that, where the the changes that came along the way, where he made conceits or he adapted things a little bit differently or he came up with new ideas, all of that stuff is pulled out, and so it's a it's a bit more. It seems a lot more serial ish, um, hmm. which is cool. So I'm gonna cool. check that one out too, and I'll I'll get back to you. So we saw two movies this week. We did. Bra- Brad, do you want us to talk about the movie me and James saw together, or do you want to do the one we saw all together first? Uh, let's, let's, you guys go ahead. Okay. We'll, we'll wrap it up with all three of us. All, all right, right, cool. Um, well, yesterday, me and James went and saw The Spectacular Now, because it finally made its way to Denver. Yeah. James, should people go see The Spectacular Now? Yeah. Um, they should. Um, <laughs> a little more enthusiastic, or no, no, no. I'm trying to think about how. It doesn't sound that spectacular. Yeah, I know. He's like, <laughs> people see it. Yeah, I guess. You can go so see it. the trailer does not sell this movie. The trailer sells this movie is a bit more, I think, bubbly than it is. It's actually it's a lot more drama than I thought it was or was going to be. Um, but it's it's really good. I think um, the performances are really strong. The story that they're telling is something unique. Uh, here's what I'll say. Uh, I'm going to eat some crow for this. Uh, this movie succeeds in every way at everything that I appreciated Flight for without failing in any of the ways that Flight does. So this is, this is a movie that tells a story that I, I think is really interesting, and I think it tells it really well, um, way better than Flight did. Um, so if that gives you a hint into what this movie is actually about... Uh, but I don't want to spoil too much of it because I think that the way they reveal this drama is really interesting. Uh, the romance is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, for sure, I think people should check this out. I want my money, but no, I'm just kidding. This movie is this movie is really, really good. Oh, good. Um, uh, James already said the performances are amazing. Yeah. Uh, here, here's a trailer for The Spectacular now. My name is Sutter Keeley. I got everything that I need right here. I've got a job, I've got a car, I've got a beautiful girl. I was the life of every party. You gotta live in the moment. It's about this. This is beautiful. Hey. Hey. Where the hell am I? Do you live around here, Sutter? How do you know my name? You go to the same school. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm Amy. That's what I was gonna say. Nice to meet you, Amy. Your story. I don't really have any stories. What do you mean? Everyone's got a story. I don't know. I'd like to think that there's more to a person than just one thing. You know, I gotta tell you, Sutter, Amy Finicky, she's a strange choice for a rebound. You're 17 years old. You don't have an ex-boyfriend? No. Really? Sutter, guys don't look at me like that. I'm like... Yeah, absolutely, guys look at you like no, that. No, no, no. Amy, you're absolutely beautiful. Oh my god, no. <laughs> and if she falls for you, what happens then? Should we take our shirts off? <laughs> My sister, she's having this like fancy dinner party. Would you want to go with me? Yeah, what time? It's 10 minutes. Oh, 10 minutes from now? Yeah. I think it's good to have dreams, don't you? To dreams. I'll tell you something. I don't live in the past. I live in the now because that's what it's all about. You know, everyone's telling me I gotta move on. I don't see what's so great about being an adult. Are you happy? You're not the joke everyone thinks, man. I love you. You don't love me. Yes, I do. And I thought she'd be the one to 
yank you out of neutral. Do you not see that I'm bad for you? You need to get away from me. Yeah. You have the biggest heart of anyone I know. I love these people. I do. I love these people. I love you all. This right here, this is beautiful. This is the youngest that we're ever going to be. This is our time. Live in the now. Cheers. Cheers. To you, Amy Finnegan. To you, said I kid. The whole movie is, if the two lead performances aren't believable, then the whole movie falls underneath its own weight. Um, Shailene Woolley, is that her name? Woodley. Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Um, is really good as Amy Finicky, mm-hmm. who's kind of the nerdy girl that no one pays attention to, but she's really cute. Uh, and what's the guy's name? Uh, Miles Teller. He plays Sutter. Miles Teller plays Sutter. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've really seen him anywhere before. Um, yeah, and he's... He's really, really good, and he's the guy that everybody loves in high school, and he's so much fun. Um, it's very organic. It's I'll very organic. Like yeah. their their roles together and the way you know their chemistry together just feels very natural. Almost, almost like every scene is is improvised. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll we'll give you a little taste of how great their chemistry is together, where it just seems really natural. Here's a scene from the Spectacular Now. And it's entitled First Kiss. So uh, go ahead and listen to this scene. It's, it's, it's really good. What about, uh, like, ex-boyfriends? Um, Say, uh, we need an ex-boyfriend in there. No, I, I don't have Who's, any. like, an ex-boyfriend that just, like, really pissed you off, that you should suck, that just, like, you hated? And I, if they're just, like... I don't have an ex-boyfriend. What? Yeah. You don't have a single... You're 17 years old. You don't have an ex-boyfriend? No. Really? Sutter, guys don't look at me like that. Yeah, absolutely guys look at you like no, that. No, no, no. I just I... saw two guys looking at you like that. Uh, Eric Wolf and Cody Dennis no, were 100% no, we were hitting talking. on you. They were 100%. not hitting on me. No, no, no. There's Abs- absolutely yes, no way. Why don't you think they were hitting on you? Because I'm just, they weren't. Because you're what? Amy, you're absolutely beautiful. Oh my God, no. Oh man, that is charming as fuck. I know, and uh. what's what's great about this movie is you kind of get the sense from Sutter immediately that maybe he has an, a problem, mm-hmm. and yeah. his problem is he's an alcoholic who and is, he's eighteen. He's eighteen. Yeah. Um, that he's he, it's really subtle at the beginning. He's always carrying around like a big gulp or whatever they call yeah. it in there, Master Thurster or whatever it is. Um, he always has it around, and you're like, "Oh, why is he always carrying that around? I don't understand." And he's and he's a, and he's a high functioning alcoholic. Yeah. So he's he's absolutely an alcoholic, but no one knows unless they get close to him. Yeah. And they give the little hints. You know, his girlfriend breaks up with him, so he shows up to the party drunk. Like, oh, he just got drunk because yeah. his girlfriend. Right. Um, he meets Amy, passed out in a lawn in the neighborhood. Doesn't yeah. know where his car is. But but again, it, he he starts the movie talking about the fact that he just broke up with his girlfriend, yeah. and so it it gives you this feeling like you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. and I think that's huge because yeah. the truth is in the in the like in that second act when he and Amy Finnicky are getting together, he it's vicious. It is. It's like if it weren't for the fact that you give him that that benefit of the doubt at the beginning, this movie wouldn't work because mm-hmm. I would just hate him the whole well, movie. Well, that too, and I think he's so charismatic. Yeah. He's he plays a character so well that he you 
it's weird. You root for him, for him to be himself, mm-hmm. because when he's drunk, you can see and the kid's so good at playing drunk. Yeah, like he's so good that he says these lines and you believe him. But he also has these issues that he isn't dealing with. That yeah. his mother, his his dad left when he was five, six. Yeah, somewhere around there. Left and he hasn't talked to him in you know seven, eight years. And so he holds this grudge over his mom saying, you never let me see my dad. And why don't you let me see my dad? And so that's kind of a, a arc in the movie. But there's also an arc with Amy where the difference with her mom is her mom makes her, you know, do her paper route and she doesn't get the money for it. And so they make this pact to stand up to each other's mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just so well done. And, you know, Sutter, he, he stands up to his he doesn't stand. He stands up to his mom, and it doesn't work. He shows up to her her place of work drunk. Mm-hmm. So he goes to his sister's house, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, who looks older in this. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they they did her up some. Yeah, uh, to make so her look a little seems, older than she is because she's yeah. not that old, is she? Thirty? No, 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 no. And I don't think I don't think she looks old. I think that she's one of those actresses like like a like a like a Kristen Bell who can just like perpetually play younger yeah. than her age. Yeah. Uh, and so I think they they sort of. They make her look elegant and dress yeah, her up I like she's older. Really not rich. the right word. I guess it just she seems older. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she gives him his father's number, and I didn't know Kyle Chandler was in. This I was just movie. gonna say, and thus enters Kyle motherfucking Chandler. But I recognized his voice when he was talking to him on the phone. <sighs> yeah, and when he's and why this movie is so good too is he's he's talking to his dad on the phone, and his dad is trying to relive these glory days that he had with his kid. Mm-hmm. N- realizing that he doesn't know his father they don't know each other yeah. and they're going to try to make some sort of relationship work um and that scene when they go and meet his dad it's like the whole story about him and his dad is both uh, crushing and and sort of heartbreaking and touching at the same time somehow of like you feel so bad for his dad and yet you feel even worse for Sutter um, mm-hmm. Because you kind of see that at a certain level, you think maybe his dad kind of wants to be better, but he just can't. And I think that's the same thing with Sutter, where yeah. he sees it in a, because Amy never got that kind of attention from a boy before, so mm-hmm. she is in love with Sutter, which is why that middle part is so vicious. It is because he is just—he's basically a whatever. I can do whatever I want with this girl. Yeah. And his friend is kind of funny because his friend's saying, "What are you doing, man?" You know, in, in a subtle way of saying, "You know, you're being an asshole." Yeah. And it's—it's it's so interesting because you start falling in love with Amy because she's so cute. Yeah. And she's so nice and and innocent and innocent and um they. You know, it's it's maybe the most real sex scene I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> because it's really un- kind of uncomfortable. And, oh, it's super uncomfortable. Um, uh, and Shailene Woodley plays it so well, where she's never done this before. She's never kissed a boy before. Yeah, and you know, it's just it's fantastic. You, you the movie's and, really good, and she draws that line between being innocent and being naive so good, and yeah. and being smart. Yeah, because she, I mean, she's wicked smart, but she's. Gonna but, get herself in trouble. But she's never had a boy um, give her that attention before, so she feels that she's overcompensating mm-hmm. her feelings towards him. Yeah. Um, and way too forgiving. And way too forgiving. Oh, man. Can we talk about it? <laughs> oh, uh, I, I mean... Don't, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I didn't... Did you see it coming? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, can, I can't say something horrible happens to her. Yeah. And she is so quick to forgive him, and the whole time you're like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're so smart, and honestly, when... Gosh, I hate doing this. When... There's that scene where she's waiting for him and he drives by and I'm I was actually happy yeah. that she got on that bus mm-hmm. and and left. Yeah. 
Um, the movie doesn't end there. Right. So it's another like 20 minutes. But I, I, I was so happy because I was, in my head, I'm like, you know what? You're so much better than this guy. Yeah. And he knew it too. And that's why, and that's part of why like that scene, um, but it, it does, the movie does not make it easy for you because the scene in the car, <coughs> the scene in the car when uh, he basically says that to her, he's like, are you stupid? Like, mm-hmm. I'm horrible for you. Like, I am, I am, I am in a wreck everything here mm-hmm. and she's just like what do you say you know no this isn't um and then later when the the things happen and you're then you're really like okay come on you've got to start recognizing what's going mm-hmm. on um and she forgives him like he doesn't go back to that state of saying like don't you see like mm-hmm. this is even more evidence like he keeps it going for a while and you're like uh, uh, uh. like I, again it's just um, it does not give you an easy way out on that. No, um, it's a movie I definitely want to see again. And I hope yeah. it comes out on Blu-ray before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's going to be um, close. It's one of those like gray areas where it's right. either going to be January or December. Well, and hopefully because it's so independent and won't get a huge wide release, they'll release it quicker. Um, yeah. to try and, to try and use the buzz and the, and the, uh, promotion that they have now to promote the DVD as well. Um, but yeah, it's. It's definitely really good. I I will say I think um, the the scene at the end with his mom, while really good, doesn't quite pack the punch that I wanted. You know, no, I, I think so I, too. I, th- I think that it it ends just a it it, it leaves me it, it it doesn't hit me right. You know, it doesn't give me enough time mm, to really. I think it's because you want the forgiveness to happen between the two main characters mm. and not his mom. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's a great scene. Yeah, you know, oh. even even the scene with Bob Odenkirk where they're in the office and he oh says, "I can only keep." Oh my gosh! I mean that that scene is probably even better than the scene with his mom. I yeah. mean that that is the father's like father son scene that you wanted. Yeah, um, because it is so disappointing and and maybe the maybe the biggest character moment for for Sutter. Yeah, you know when it's, he it's when he sort of says like when he when he says to him like, "No, I can't promise you I won't come into work drunk." Period. No mm-hmm. matter what the consequences are, like that is him admitting something about himself. And see, uh, you know, this movie is why I loved it so much more than Flight. Is Flight is the, Denzel's character, Washington's character in Flight was destructive for the sake of being destructive, mm. and he never. And it it took a picture of his this girl he was having an affair with to make him a better person. Yeah, where I don't feel he really earned it. So in this movie, I think Sutter doesn't really get better. Yeah, and he never really earns the love that he's been given. So you, I, it's, it's really interesting. You don't even think by the end, you don't think he's better by, by the end. Um, I don't know. I think that, I think the movie leaves it open enough. Mm -hmm. Whereas he really, I don't know. That's a tough, it's almost a question of like, and and I don't know either. I, I really don't know either. I think that the, the question that the movie leaves you with, and I, I think I love that is whether or not at least knowing there's a problem, or, or or changing the way you look at your life is enough to to change who you are. You know, because I, he does at the end of the movie, he's looking forward for the first time. He's yeah. not he's not just in the present. Well, because his dude, you know the at the beginning of the movie, it opens with him writing a letter of uh, accept or was it a letter? Yeah, it's like a he's writing to a college to get accepted. Right. Yeah. Um, and at the end, he's rewriting that letter, and he talks about the hardship of being himself and. Um, Always look in the past, what James just said. And then it goes a little bit, and then he's it cuts to the scene and says, P.S., I don't know if this was due a long time. It probably was, so it doesn't matter that I wrote this. 
because he's yeah. such a procrastinator. Um, and it was a, a lot of good, funny parts in this movie, especially oh, yeah. in that first act. Oh, um, yeah. The movie's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think everybody should see it. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, probably not it the last you'll hear of it unless something blows me away. Yep. Um, yeah. Man. Hey, don't read pink on my wife's butt, Brad. That's fucked up. What? <laughs> so, yeah, go see The Spectacular now. Hey, hey, Brad. Welcome. I was trying to get you back into the show. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome back to the show, Brad. Yeah, that was a fascinating discussion of a movie I haven't seen yet. So I was oh, kind of tuning out so to. I could be surprised by. Yeah, something. no, no, yeah, 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 I, un- I understood. I'm glad because yeah. you really do need to. Show um, we also saw I Declare War today, which is another little independent, uh, really independent movie. Um, Brad I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't declare it, Michael. Um, Brad, should people go see I Declare War? Uh yeah, it's it's pretty uh pretty interesting. Fun watch. James? Uh, yeah, I would agree. Um it's definitely a, a cute movie with some really cool ideas and I will say this, uh the ending is definitely worth saying. So I, I think if you watch the trailer and you go, "Oh, yeah, that looks fun." Yeah, go check this movie out. It's really good. Uh Yeah, I guess um it it's a pretty good movie. I, I The trailer doesn't really sell the movie how it is, I don't think. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, here, here's a trailer for I Declare War. This is War Man. Not Hopscotch. Do you want to win? Synchronized watches. We attack at 1700 hours. My watch doesn't go up to 1700. You're a girl. Sorry. I can help though. Sure. You can be the arts and crafts squadron. Hey! Yes! We're gonna march right in their base, shoot everyone else, grab the flag. Ah! Grab them. This is the moment of truth. What are you doing after the war? You're coming over and we're eating pizza and watching a movie. The, the premise of the movie is the kids are playing war. It's, you know, basically yeah. cowboys and Indians, modern cowboys and Indians. And the trailer's a lot more bombastic than the movie actually yeah, is. That's yes. what I mean. Yeah. The, the trailer mm-hmm. makes it seem like it's going to be this over-the-top kid thing where they're imagining killing each other and things like that, when it actually is a study of friendship. Yeah. And, and, and in the war part, is almost more of a, like a deer yeah, hunter. And the sacrifices thing. people make to be friends with someone told through the point of view of children mm-hmm. that is really fascinating yeah and you know this whole movie is predicated on if the children can pull off this scenario where they're in make-believe but it's dealing with real life it's it's a really interesting double kind of movie where they're dealing with these fake scenarios but they have these real life problems in them. Yeah. Um, and all the character, all the boys and even the young lady in it are so well defined by their characters. 
Yeah. Um, I, I I really liked it. And to to get a little taste of these characters, here's a little scene of them planning their attack against each other. Does everyone know what their job is? Wesley? Stay here, guard the base, protect the flag. Good. Joker? Attack from the west. I still don't like this. What if they ambush us? They can't ambush three people coming from three different directions. They don't have enough soldiers. Caleb? Good. And I'll come in from the north. Let's synchronize watches. Everyone in positions at 1,650. We attack at 1,700 hours. My watch doesn't go up to 1,700. Wesley, you're the key here. If anyone comes into this base, you have to shoot them and kill them. Okay? Okay. Say, say, I will shoot to kill. I will shoot to kill. I can do it. I know you can. Okay, people. 1,700 hours. You have the one kid, PK, who's the leader, and he's he's basically the main character of the movie. Um, he doesn't lose in the game of war. Yeah, he's never lost. He's never him. lost. And it, it's, you know, they set up the, the rules very clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these kids have to do a certain thing. Um, and it, It's a game of capture the flag. Yeah, basically capture the flag, but they use make-believes. I've never played this, this is version really, of war. This is really cool. I wish I knew these I know. rules when I was Where a kid. you shoot each other and you throw, like, a red yeah. balloon on you. Well, so you can shoot each other with bullets, but you can count... Uh, to ten steamboats, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's and then get back up. It's basically like you're just playing, you know, uh, cowboys at Indians when you were a kid, where you would just pretend you had guns and shoot each other and say like, "Bang, bang, you're dead." But when you're quote unquote dead from being shot, you're paralyzed. You fall down. Mm-hmm. You, if you count to ten, uh, if you can count to ten, there are ten steamboats. Um, you can get back up. But if they have a grenade, which is a water balloon full of like red water, uh, and they hit you with it, then you're really dead and you have to go home. And then you're actually out. Uh, which is re- it adds a certain dynamic where they can yeah. shoot each other and have these action scenes, um, but there is this like there's this other thing See, in there that's really cool. What's cool, and uh, I might be wrong in my analysis of this movie, is when they kill each other for make believe. There's no consequences, yeah. but when they say things in real life, it carries much more weight. Yeah, and so the consequence of them dying in the make believe doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but what you're doing to somebody in real life is the most important thing. Right. Um, and, and it's really fascinating. The kid, uh, what was the kid's name who led the coup? Uh, shit. Um, Skinner. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skinner. Uh, that kid was really good. Um, he seemed really desperate. Um, and you didn't understand why he was such a dick. He's the Brando. Yeah. You have no (laughs) idea why he's such a dick throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, you kind of side with PK throughout the whole thing. He's like, oh, it's just this cute kid and he's really smart and he's leading all these uh, other boys into battle, so you kind of side with them. But as the the story progresses, you start losing your sympathy for PK. Yeah, I don't think he's a really a hero in this movie at all. Like, no, that's all what I'm saying. Ki- you all start the kids losing. Are really flawed. Yeah, it's it's very Lord of the Flies. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's that Joker scene where he's you know he's a loose cannon, mm-hmm. um, and he's picking on the poor altar boy Wesley, mm-hmm. who's just you know a nice kid, and he 
wants to pay him 50 bucks to eat a piece of shit, dog shit, <laughs> or he won't be his friend. Uh, um, and it's an interesting study for that child as well because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He just wants friends. Yeah. So he'll never, he doesn't shoot anybody. But he also doesn't save Joker because he never thought of him as a friend. And when Joker yeah. forgot his gun, he let him go without his gun. And even when that girl asked him, he's like, no, he was my friend. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's a really, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, and the I, poor girl is like, she's only in the game to impress that guy, Quinn. Yeah. Quinn? Yeah. yeah. Quinn, the original general of the other four. Yeah. And you think like she's actually got like the supreme, like super smart plan, like because she plays chess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the end, it's like, it's not to win the game. It's just like to impress that guy. Yeah. And, and how heartbroken she is when she, her plan doesn't well, go the way it should. Is is she heartbroken or is she still playing the game? Is she Is she just trying to get weepy with him in order to get him to not do oh, it. Oh, definitely. But I'm just it. saying like, Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was a great moment because that Caleb kid doesn't speak a line of dialogue until the very end of the movie when he's talking to his doggy. Um, which but, they never revealed that that dog was like just a regular dog. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure that was going to happen. Like I thought for sure they were hiding the fact because he's got this big mm-hmm. wolf. Yeah. That's with him all the time. I guess the girl and, saw it. Yeah, but but she was she was imagining too. Like they see each other's real guns. Um, yeah, I thought for sure. Like in that scene, they were gonna pan past the tree, and it was gonna be like a Shih Tzu. You know, like it was just nothing. But that that dog just that dog in his mind was a wolf. You know. But to me, my favorite relationship in the movie were between Frost and was the other kids like uh, um, shoot uh, Skinnipy Sikorsky Sikorsky Trevor. Yeah, Mm. because they're such good friends and. Um, and they have so much fun out in the they woods. They do. Like, and that uh, that little kid who plays Frost is so cute, and he's always spouting off lines and about how he shouldn't talk so much. And but he's just excited to be out there. And it's you know I was actually heartbroken when he looked and he saw that his friend was hanging out with the girl that he liked. And um, and then it was also really cute too when they met up again. And you know Trevor says, "No, man, she wanted me to leave. What the hell does she want to leave for? That's, <laughs> that shit's stupid. Was yeah. she gonna eat it? Like yeah. uh, uh, lines like that." And you know, I was heartbroken when he sent him out there because he knew he was gonna die because he saw PK coming up. And he said, yeah. "Go put out a flag," and he knew he was not gonna make it. Yeah, it's all those little politics of the way that they set each other up and all that stuff. In when when the seemingly the stakes are so low, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's fantastic. And Quan, he was like really tortured. Yeah. And you, cause you, I kept <laughs> thinking like, like that was like make believe, but that Skinner kid was like torturing the poor little boy. Yeah. Like the way that they, uh, the juxtaposition between the fake violence between kids and the actual violence between kids mm-hmm. is, is very bizarre. Um, and, and is weird because it makes you okay with certain things and then reminds you how not okay things are. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love that the little boy Quan at the end. Basically yeah. told him, fuck you, man. Yeah. You know, you. it's more important for you to win this game than to friendship for me. Yeah. Uh, you, mm. you cut me with a knife. You said the thing startled you, but he was going to do it. He was going to cut him so he wouldn't yeah. lose. Yeah. And that brings Brad's point about him being a hero. He's not a hero. Yeah. Even though they try to portray him as one as early on. but mm. He when, might be just the ultimate villain because it makes, yeah. like, they don't really reveal it, but obviously something he did to uh, Skinner made Skinner all twisted. Yeah. It's, Pro- it's, probably in the quest for getting all those, you know, trophies. It's one of those things that like it is a very common thing in movies. In fact, it's in the spectacular now where there is a there's a relationship that is the end of that relationship and a relationship that is maybe the beginning of that relationship mm-hmm. so that we get a full picture of um 
what's going on. And, you know, it was really sad when, you know, Quan broke free and he came back. And, yeah. And, and they all just stare at him. Yeah. Like, what? we don't want you back. Like, yeah. like that, was the, that was the strangest moment where and, they all and, look at him and I was just like, why aren't you excited? And he's PK's back. like, get out of here. Yeah. You're ruining my plan. And, and he's, he's pleading with you. You guys can't come up with another plan? Yeah. Really? It's a good plan. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my gosh. And oh. I was afraid they're going to really hurt that little boy, like kill him or something. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Because the stakes, you know, especially because of that scene where they throw the rocks at the older kid earlier, um, the stakes by the end are actually kind of high. Mm-hmm. Um, where you, you, Skinner's gone nuts. Like he's gone uh, fucking Brando in Apocalypse Now crazy where he's got paint spread on his face and blood on his neck. And you're like, this this kid might actually hurt someone. Mm-hmm. Um so, to prove yeah. a point. Yeah, just to prove that point. Oh, man. And, you know, the, uh, the the line that stuck with me is it's a funny line, but at the same time it carries weight after you've seen the whole movie where he says, this isn't fucking hopscotch, dude. This is war. Yeah. And it is. It's a war of personalities. It's a war about how you treat people. Mm-hmm. And um, and even it was heartbreaking when uh, the little Frost boy, he comes up and he says, I captured him. I did what you told me to do. And uh, Skinner kills him anyways. Yeah. Well, Figuratively kills yeah, him. Hits him with a grenade. Hits him with a grenade. And it, like the heartbreak on his face. Yeah. He says, well, just like know, I sacrificed my friend who's mad at me now, and I try to do good. And Yeah. So it, it's a really fascinating movie. Like, yeah, um, it, it's it's that moment where in a war, a soldier says, like, what did I do this for? Exactly. You know, like, exactly. if I got thrown under the bus like this, what was the point? Exactly. Um, yeah. It, it's interesting, because like, as we talk about this war, I, I like the movie more. So I would, I would want to touch on here before we are done that... I think Quinn is really poorly acted. Yeah. I think that the the girl who's in love with Quinn is is good most of the time, but sometimes like her voiceover, like like her her scenes where she's dreaming that she's with him, I think mm-hmm. are a little bit too ham-fisted. I agree. Um and well, I think there is I I don't know that you could take this these parts out and still have the ending mean as much, but there's a lot of the walking around at the beginning where there's not shooting and and mm-hmm. kids having fun that I think it makes it drag a little. Yeah, I think I think that's um, the movie's biggest issue is its pacing. I yeah. think sometimes the pacing's a little goofy. Yeah, uh, I I think they should have tried to find a way to tighten it to up to get more or or at least get more, either get more combat in early on that makes it feel like fun kids playing war earlier on, um, just so that there's more exciting stuff, you know, uh, or just pump up the dialogue so that mm. we. Um, so that we're having fun with them joking around and whatever the that, whole time. That pre-movie, uh, I think, music video maybe of basically the same premise, uh, but oh, it was like, all blood and what was it called? Animation. Hawk Jones? Oh, uh, oh no, that's the one of the little kids around the house. I think you're, you're talking about the yeah, one with oh, all the animation. Oh, the, like the French one. Yeah, I can't remember what that yeah, was called. That was like know. more, more interesting to watch, like as a like more stimulating to watch. More kind of what you expected. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that was that was there was no story. It was just kids running around shooting each other, and then there was like animation of like their brains brains blowing all over yeah. the place, and, like, <laughs> and then the old lady crossing the street gets her brains yeah. blown out. Yeah, but then it, that that short was cool too because then they'd cut and it'd be all the kids eating and all the kids are alive again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's kind of uh, funny. It was, just kind of, it's, yeah. it was uh, cool to see like the different ways that, like they would get shot and stuff. And yeah. And then it's sort of animate that too. That yeah. is sort of more what I expected. The teddy bear gets shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but again, it, this is actually a lot like Spectacular now, where uh, this is a movie that ended up being way more of a drama than I expected it to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you said Lord of the Flies, yeah, it has a lot. Yeah, of it's very Lord of the Flies. Um, very. 
So yeah, I I, I enjoyed it. I think it was I think it was good. Um, so cool. Um, next week we're seeing Riddick. Yeah, I'm not. I think Mac Robonics is going to stop by. Yeah. Um, so you know we may not have Brad on the show, but we'll fill him in. Yeah, uh, my wife's probably going to see it just because Vin Diesel's in it, probably without a shirt. Yeah. It, hey, hey. Yep. And we'll give a big shout out to Laura. Laura got a big girl job this week. Fuck yeah. Well, what? Yeah, G-G. Laura oh, is yeah. now a nurse at Kaiser Permanente. Yeah. Congratulations. So good for her. So she can, uh, you know. No more Lucky Strike? She's no, going to no, work no, at no, Lucky no. Strike. She's a driver, Ryan. That's actually oh, the opposite. Huh? I told her not to work there. Really? Because I just didn't want her to get burnt out with her going to school and having a full-time oh, job. But she wants to work there and save money, so I'm gonna let. Her, I'm right. not gonna let her. She's choosing to do it, so that's fine with me. I'll work on it once we finish the show. As long as, as long as she's not mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.